Almost Famous is a comedy drama written and directed by Cameron Crowe, and it stars Billy Crudup, Francis McDormand, Kate Hudson, and Patrick Fagott. The film is based on Crowe's experiences touring with rock bands such as Paco, the Allman Brothers Band, Led Zeppelin, the Eagles, and Leonard Skinner. Let's roll down memory lane with a tribute to rock and roll. Welcome to this week's episode of Adult Beverage Film Podcast. Listen to our hosts talk about your favorite movies. You never know what you're going to get. And discuss new films with our mystery guests from all over the world. Our guests speak freely about their experiences as directors. That's a wrap, everybody. Writers, producers, actors, or whatever contribution they have in the film industry. This is Adult Beverage Film Podcast. Well, welcome to Almost Famous. I mean, this is uh, going to be an Almost Famous kind of day. And we've got, hey, we got a special guest today. We have, coming all the way from the other side of the country, uh, VT is on the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. This is such a great film, and I can't wait to get into it. There's so much goodness to talk about, so glad oh. to be here. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Woo. You're right. in California? Is that where you are? I'm in Austin, Texas. Ooh, not not, not on the other side of the country. Kent's using old maps again. And just just for Patrick's <laughs> sake, that is not in California, by the way. Not in California. It is not. Not. <laughs> well, let's just let's jump right in here and uh, sort of go into this. First of all, let's just go around and say, you know, whether you like this film or not, um, uh, because I know a lot of us has, had not, one of us hadn't seen this film, which Definitely. I think is impressive. Laura had not seen this film. So let's start with Laura. What, you, what was your thoughts on it uh, from the beginning, Laura? Um, well, I, let me just start by saying I I didn't want to like it. I went into it expecting to be like, whatever. And I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't love it, love it, love it. But I liked it. It was all right. It satisfied all of, it ticked all the boxes. Like, I laughed. I got a little bit attached to the characters. It was, you know, it was a good story. It all came together. You know, it was, it was okay. Okay. And it, and it, brought, right. out, it brought out, it brought out our New York Italian. And uh, that's amazing. So, uh, mm-hmm. Patrick, that's what, what was your thoughts on it? Uh, it's a really solid movie. It's really heartfelt. Uh, I saw it. Probably a few years after it came out the first time and haven't watched it again until a week or two ago. And, uh, Patrick, uh, Fugat, Fugat, however uh, you say his name, Fugat, uh, Fugat, uh, really good for that, that age, but everybody in it was great, but he was really great. But the soundtrack's what steals the whole movie. It's just, uh, yeah. it's like watching, uh, I don't know if you guys, are old enough to remember there used to be this channel that used to show music videos called like music television. And it felt like watching an extended. I know. (laughs) Friday night videos. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Friday night videos. But uh, it had that montage feel to it because the music was so on top of everything. And uh, I just looked at the budget was crazy for the music compared to a normal, normal was like 3.5 million. But it's great, and you feel good at the end. It's a it's a happy movie. Yeah. You want to bender it and throw your arm in the air. Yeah, VT, what, what's your thoughts on it? <laughs> I didn't see it when it originally came out, so I'm sure I watched it first time like table on my couch, and I watched it again uh, this week. And for me, like I think it's a love letter to music. 
Like, I think the soundtrack is so amazing and you feel like you were there. And I think like the first time I watched it, I didn't appreciate it. And I've seen it a few times since it's one of those movies that I catalog, like on the short list of things that like maybe aren't like the most meaningful, but the things I could probably watch over and over again, or like put in a regular rotation. Um, I, uh, I just felt like it was a love letter to music. The soundtrack made me feel like we were there. And I think it resonated with dreamers and people who are hopeful everywhere. And uh, and I loved it. It was great. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you had to say. Uh, Squeaker, what's your thoughts on this? Because uh, this was Squeaker actually brought this up. This is his first film to, to be brought up on the, the big adult Yay! podcast. Yay, you know? Squeaker! Yay, Squeaker! Like 40 episodes? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I, I love 40 it. 40 more I, before I you get back on here, but it's great <laughs> that you get one. <laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll be looking forward to A episode year. 80 when I get to choose again. Um, <laughs> no, I, I love it. I, I think um, it's in like my top two or three movies ever, and then once I watch wow. it, it's my favorite movie ever. Like It's one of those where as soon as I see it, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is probably my favorite movie. What, what, um, what makes it stand out so much for you? Boobies. So, <laughs> not many. I mean, and yeah, not just Patrick many, not many. <laughs> um, I was just watching I, it. There are boobies, some titties floating around there. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> just um, disembodied just titties floating around. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. strange. It was so strange. Like, and they were Ooh. shooting lasers. Did I uh, <laughs> mention I'm on a prescription <laughs> drug? <laughs> yeah. Which one? Because I want some. <laughs> uh, it's called Nunya. <laughs> Nunya business. Nunya so, business. Uh, 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 but no, I, I come to it from the from the music point of view. Like I've played music my whole life, and that's always been just like I don't know. That lifestyle has just always been um, one that I've been interested in. So to see it, like you could say, I guess that the band, the band doesn't come across that well in a lot of the movie. But that was still like the part that I romanticized as when I first saw it. You know, twenty years ago, and then even now when I watch it, like the music part just really really knocked me out and like patrick said the soundtrack is amazing yeah definitely it's the best character in the movie is the music really it really is a character in the, in this film and that's uh that, you know that doesn't happen very often but it's just it you really become part of the music the i think that, you become that, part of the music as well as part of the uh the film by that you know playing in it and they you know it's a great soundtrack i mean it's just the tiny dancer sing along just floors me every time it happens it's just like amazing yeah. it's really mm-hmm. good yeah, and really, that kind of gave that song a second life. Um, I think like the what people know of that song today is kind of because of that scene. They definitely brought it back to to the mainstream at that time. You know, people were you know getting into it. Um, I think I think this is to me is like a really good film. All I mean, it just it a lot of times films don't carry over. You know, they do well when they come out, um, but you know, like Roger Eager. Or, or, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. 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 <laughs> his, his, his bird cousin. When it came out, <laughs> cool. when he, yeah, yeah, I, I've been Ebert. watching The Witch uh, the other day, so I'm like, my brain's off. Um, the uh, <laughs> um, Which he Roger came out Ebert and he said this in. was the best film of the year at that time that came out. So, but my point was is that it has carried over, and when you watch it now, I think it's just as good now. As it was then, there's nothing about it that has changed, and I think because you know, Russell, you know, when he came to, from the story, this was like he he was there and lived it, so he was able to write this story from exactly kind of his feelings and and the things that happened when he was a kid, and you know, it, it works, and that's uh, that's a hard thing to do in, in a film is to make right. something really become 
feel real. By the way, did you say Russell as in not Cameron? Right. <laughs> yeah, as in Cameron. <laughs> Russell Crowe was Russell great Crow, in fresh off another, of, uh, another bird. And Master once again, I need to go back and start bird. all over. <laughs> yeah, as in Cameron Crowe. I just like Kent did it Russell. before I did it because yeah. I, I always call him, you know, that movie Russell Crowe uh, made, you know, uh, yeah. almost famous. <laughs> I think that's what Patrick put in my head uh, the last time we were talking about this. So. Um but that's, no, I think that's, that's, that's that really works. And, and, and it was such a great script. I mean, this, this is a screenplay is amazing on this. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have read. Well, and it's a period of time that's, uh, it should stay, well, especially with us older people who remember that period of time. Uh, it's very faithful to that time period. Just like yeah. I watched Days and Confused a week or so ago, which is it's very, in my Days very and Confused category. Faithful. Like these two movies are like, yes. they were on yeah. a shelf. That's the, that's the other one. Yeah. Oh, the kid the that pulls up in the bus and is like, do you want to come to a party? Yeah. Like, he drove out of Dazed and Confused and drove right. on to Almost Famous. Yes. <laughs> yes. It definitely felt like it. And, and, I think and even the though cast in this. Sorry, go ahead. Carry on, VT. No, go uh, VT. I, well, what I, on your point, like talking about how like, it kind of made it timeless, I think it's now gener- multi-generational. Because, the, you know, like millennials are watching, like they think it's a cool movie because it's so true to the time period, to your point. Like, I think they just nailed it that, like, I think any generation wants to be like, I think everyone wants to be there, wishes they could experience what they like cast went through. So. Yeah. And you kind of get these some... days are jealous of those Toad. days because their lives suck <laughs> and they spend it on a phone. <laughs> and Coachella was canceled. And, and... Yeah. Oh, no. Coachella's kids are God. <laughs> My God. What will I do? We'll never see a band again. <laughs> um, and you never really get a full song, a full um, Stillwater song in the movie, but you hear enough to know like, no. that's that's the sound that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was of its time, like so much the sound of those songs that they. That well, it's they like made. the Almond Brothers type of of vibe, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Supposed yeah. to be kind of, Led each of, yeah. yeah, each of their songs has a little hint of another band in it. Like they pay mm-hmm. homage to so many different bands. Like I mean, you can hear some of the Eagles in there. You can hear some definitely Almond Brothers in there. And like I mean, everything comes. Pete in. Townsend, all... Lou Reed, yeah, yes. Peter Frampton, and they mention all of them too. Peter Frampton's in the movie, isn't he? Um, <laughs> he. He, he wrote two alive. of the songs. He he wrote two of the songs, uh-huh. and he was the uh, music supervisor, I think, on the yeah. on the film. So. I think he makes an appearance in the movie too. He might have. He does. Mm-hmm. He does. I just uh, fact checked myself. Reg. Couldn't tell you who Reg is, but he plays Reg. <laughs> that was the, that was he could be lying there. on the cutting room floor, as far as we know. But I, there were so many scenes that I kept going. Is that like? Who, is that Jay Baruchel as a kid? Yeah, yes. it was. Is that the the gay guy from Modern Family? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like all these people just going like Mitch Hedberg's in it. Uh, it was Mitch just Hedberg's crazy. In it? Jimmy Fallon's first role. He's the Eagles road manager, and I th- I expected on this rewatch to hate Jimmy Fallon because I don't think he's a really great actor. But yeah. I thought he's fine in it. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was okay for he the role he plays. He's, yeah, I wouldn't give him, a, good. you know, yeah. a statue. But, yeah. you know. It's tough because you know who he is now, and then you go back and look at just, like, the weird beard and the hair he had, and you're like, well, that looks goofy. Mm-hmm. But, well, then you, you expect know, him to start laughing. <laughs> yeah, ex- that's what I expect. I expect him yeah. to break and 
completely ruin the takes. Yes, yes. <laughs> who was your, uh, he who probably was your... did that in the plane crash part, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. the <laughs> they kept showing his face briefly and then cutting away. <laughs> yeah, I quit. I quit. <laughs> and did your... you know? Oh, who was I'm your sorry. favorite? Who was your favorite uh, actor in this whole thing? I mean, you know, the character uh, because I think there's so many good characters in it. Who, who was your favorite? Oh, hmm. I mean, for me, it's the the person that I'm starting to become in my looks, and that's uh, Jason <laughs> Lee, <laughs> Jeff Beebe. <laughs> um, your hair I, is like changing there, uh, Squeaker. I will say you are getting closer <laughs> and closer to him, and uh, yeah, beard's coming yeah, in. Yep, and, mm-hmm. and, you know. This was only, I think, five years after Mallrats, and I, I loved Mallrats when it came Me out. Me too. So to I see hated that him movie. in this, like, <laughs> what? Oh, no. Mallrats is the best. I love Clerks. I love Chasing Amy. I love uh, uh, Dogma is my Dogma. favorite Kevin Smith movie. Mallrats, and, and it might be because Mallrats was just so unimportant to me, like because I hung out in the mall. And also what they did to those chocolate-covered pretzels. Really. Oh. I'm a big fan of chocolate-covered pretzels. Son of a bitch. I'm so sorry. Uh, I can't tell you nothing about the mall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mall that's, I lived in such a small town, and when the mall opened like three towns over, that was the big deal. The yeah. best thing about the mall back in the day is that no one had cell phones, so you could be there all day, and that was the jam. Like yes. No one could track yes. your mauling and food courting because no one could get a hold of you. It was yep. hey, it was a different exactly. time. Like you know, that's, you think about it. it These kids nowadays time. don't realize. <laughs> yeah, it was that. such a better time, Mom. You can't tell me how many CDs not to buy. I'm getting them all. That's right. That's right. It's like that with comic books in the basement of a mall that mm-hmm. also had a church in it and a post office downstairs in the basement. You had a church in your mall. In the I think basement. that's all malls are used for now. Fun fact. Yeah. 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 You know, good, good point. Yeah. 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 It, how things have changed. So they've just come right back around again. Because so. we used to worship malls. Now mm-hmm. we worship in them. Right. <laughs> and there'll be more I, of I them even, available. I don't even know what that fucking means. But I have a quickie, a quickie actor to be just to see if Laura realized that her, uh, one of her favorite people, Nick Swartzen, was in it. Yeah. I did not see Nick Swartzen in it. I saw because Rain you Wilson. Look you got to look carefully because he's a, an insane Bowie fan. <gasps> he's that guy. Okay. He's so skinny, too. It's, it's funny. <laughs> and his hair's like, a different I gotta be color. Honest. He's just yeah. a skinny kid. I didn't care for Rain Wilson, whatever the hell he was doing. Was he supposed to be like Hunter, Hunter yes. Thompson there? Yes. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't buy it. I went like, why is Rain Wilson trying to be some what, – what is he doing? Yeah. It really it, – it stuck out in my head. I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't want to – I didn't want to accept it. Boo, Rain Wilson. Boo. Boo. Back to House of a Thousand Corpses with you. Hey, this is Brian from Bravo and Beer, a new comedy review podcast from three drunks who got conned into the world of garbage reality TV on Bravo and TLC by our wives, girlfriends, and succubi. New episodes every week looking at 90 Day Fiance, Below Deck, and more. We're all in this pit of despair together, boys, so we might as well try to enjoy it. And I guarantee our opinions are 100% more authentic than 90% of the Real Housewives bodies. That's Bravo and Beer, anywhere podcasts are heard. So, all right, tell tell everyone, guys, what you're drinking this week for Almost Famous. VT, what are you drinking? Um, I'm making a maiden voyage with um, uh, White Claw today, the official drink of regret. <laughs> did you say something about it? Is it raspberry, or did you raspberry? Just... And it smells 
Like you smell it like about a block before you get into your lips. <laughs> so you know it's good. Yeah. yeah. It's good. So that, means, that means it probably smells worse if it comes back up. Yes. It's not going to be good. Or out. <laughs> tell us what it looks like tomorrow coming out. Oh, what, no, are you, what are you drinking? It, 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 oh, no, no, it no, tastes no. awful. But, um, if you just send a picture on Facebook, we'd appreciate that. I'll send you my mugshot tomorrow. I'll let you know how it all went down. <laughs> <laughs> Things got crazy after the girl had her first White Claw. Woo! This episode brought to you by White Claw. <laughs> I guess we're looking for White Claw as a sponsor. I killed that. So I'll write you, you a check. Yeah. Drink yeah, just got a text from White Claw. They said don't use their name at all anymore. Yeah. <laughs> See, then don't try exist. to kill me. Why are you trying to kill me, White Claw? Feel free to drink some Willet. What are you drinking, Squeaker? I got some uh, some whiskey. It's called uh, Angel's Envy. Ooh. Ooh. Really so we've good. got regret and envy so far. <laughs> Excellent. What are you drinking, Laura? I am drinking vodka and the spiciest ginger ale I could find. Mm, what kind of vodka? Uh, I believe it's the Amsterdam. Oh. I was waiting what for you to say, like, pop off. Or some other bargain <laughs> 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 basement vodka. <laughs> It's, hey, it's I a gallon some, jug of aristocrat. Yeah, I had some good times in high school with that. It came with a free t-shirt <laughs> also. And I think, I know Kent, Kent's going to win the award for funniest name. What are you drinking, Kent? I'm drinking a little Whistle Pig Farm Stock Rye. <laughs> whistle Pig. Yeah, it's <laughs> a blend of straight rye whiskeys. Two words. Um, definitely. I don't know what here. they mean together. You can't. You got to drink whiskey if you're talking about rock and roll, man. That's the only way to do it, right? And if you're whistling for pigs. And yes, and that's if right. You, do you whistle for pigs? Or don't you? Sweet boy. Kent Kent does that way too naturally. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I'm doing whiskey. If you want to talk for some about reason, I have a bar. desire to go over to Kent's house now. I don't know, <laughs> just to hear it in person. <laughs> Well, cool. that deliverance so, is coming back to you there, Patrick. Um, back. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you got a pretty mouth, Kent. <laughs> what kind of water Who's are you drinking, this? Patrick? Um, this is my usual alkaline filtered water. <gasps> it's quite Ooh, delicious. That's so from, adult from, of you. It's from a company called A Pitcher. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I'm so going to need that after this white cloth. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might Maybe need another white cloth. We need to do an Irish movie so I could drink some Guinness because that's the only thing I will drink usually is a little Guinness. And we haven't done an Irish movie since uh, Sing Street, right? Sing Street was the last yeah. one we did, yeah. Got to pick but, another one, man. Make sure you go out and listen to that one. That's a good episode, too. So. Yeah. 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 That was a good movie. Yeah. Yes. And Whiplash, episode yeah. number two. Yes. Yes. Where Squeaker got his name. So, Squeaker, speaking of but, Squeaker. Well, let's speak on que- that, too, because yeah. I, I feel like I kind of got the short end of the stick where, like, I wish this was the movie I first appeared on, because then I could have had a cool name like Fever Dog. Yeah. Like, instead of being like, "Hey Squeaker, what do you think?" You'd be like, "Hey Fever Dog, what do you think?" That would that, that we would have never better. agreed Man. to that ever. No. No. Too, that sounds like a name from a name from one of those beach movies with a net Fudicello and, yeah. and the guy in it. Frankie and Avalon. I, yeah, it gives <laughs> me the creeps. I feel like hey, we should have the family hey, whistle dog. or something on this for that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Fever coronavirus dog. is the right time to be called Fever Dog, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you probably don't call. want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that call. would have been cool at first, and then eventually it'll be like, I can't go by that. We got to find a new name for me. Right. <laughs> and then I would have just. Thank God we didn't call, call you Corona. Was there anything that people were drinking? Yeah. Corona. Hey, Corona. Yeah. What did you think about this movie? <laughs> 
I hate it. Well, let's get back to the movie. I think Squeaker's got a couple of questions for us there. Well, I kind of touched on it earlier. But when you watch. You know, you're on the air when you say that. Stop touching it. Don't touch it. What do you like? Because you have the kind of the two aspects. You have the journalism aspect, and then you have the music aspect. When you watch it, are you more like romanticizing William's role as the journalist, or are you more thinking like, man, the music part looks really fun and cool? Because I know for me, it was always the music. Like the William is kind of just like the vehicle to show that that lifestyle. But he's the I'm, uncool. Yeah, yeah. I, I have my journalism degree, and so. I wished I was William. And then, like, I love the way he told the story and he was so vulnerable and, like, just watching him grow and, you know, and some of the scenes where they juxtaposed, like, his past and where he was, like, you know, on the tour and stuff. I thought that was amazing. Um, but, like, I think there's a lot of women out there who, like, you know, I'd go be Penny Lane for the summer, too. You know, so I think yeah. like, there's something for everybody. <laughs> like, how fun would that be? Like, yeah, I want to be, like, oh, I love journalism. I want to be William. He's so pure. And then I'm like, yeah, I also want to party like Penny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) right i thought william now had such i mean he had to do a lot of growing up in a short period of time and i think it was it it felt for me it it must have been very overwhelming for him or for cameron crow since it's kind of based on him he's Uh, a grown-up i mean he's kind of the Mm grown-up yeah yeah Yeah, but you can also tell when he's you can tell when something's happened usually that penny does or says that kind of cuts him to the quick and you're just like, oh, I just want to pinch your I cheeks. I don't know what it. you do to console people. I feel like she knows it too. Like she knows oh, what yeah, will slice yeah. him because she's trying to stop whatever was, you know, like hurting her. You know, they had each other figured out pretty well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And you mm-hmm. you kind of touched on it too, Patrick. How how good a job he did acting in that. Some of those little looks that they gave each other, um, you could just it kind of like summed up the whole scene with just a look. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely I agree. I agree. Williams. <laughs> Williams' character was the one that stood out to me, and that I just felt like, you know, the way he his progression of growth throughout the film, and just you know him him growing up and being a boy, and yet becoming a man at the same time, and also being the one that's the level headed one of the whole group that you know sees through all the, you know, the dynamics that take place in that that world of deception and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was really interesting to me. And I mean, who he, would, he didn't roll on them either. Right. You know what I mean? Like he was getting the real story. He wasn't going to roll on them. He was still going to be true to journalism. You know what I mean? Like right. he, he had all sides locked. Yeah. And I mean, and who wouldn't, you know, as a, a, a anyone watching this, a, you know, a young man wouldn't want to lose their virginity to three young women, <laughs> you know, older or actually older women, you know? Um, so I, you know, there was just all these little pieces of the pie that came together in this story that, I think it's just great. I mean, it's, I, I think this mm-hmm. is a film that really stands out to me. Uh, there's a couple of scenes in it that are just really unique, and uh, I, I, I thought it was great. A great film. I mean, all the way through, it's a, it's a good story. And every time you watch it, you get something new out of it. So, uh, you know, the growth in William's character, but I also like the way they told the rock stars too from their side. You know, you know, you had the two different. You know, the battle that was going on over there, the fight that was in between the band that happens all the time. Usually it's the drummer, but in this case, you know, we found out that he was the sensitive one. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, usually they're the ones that's causing all the havoc. And it, and it wasn't. It was the, you know, your lead guitarist and your lead singer. So, mm-hmm. And it was perfect that it was 
you know, they were a band on the way up, like an opening band. It's not like they were already established. So that's when this stuff really kind of all these emotions and, and trying to be, cause I mean, really that's what they wanted. They wanted this article to make them look cool. Right. Um, which, Oh you know, yeah. Yeah. William was in the Could middle you imagine of that. the cover of Rolling Stone an upcoming band hears that they could maybe get the cover of Rolling Stone. I mean, that's probably every band's dream. Back then, of I don't even yeah. know if Rolling Stone exists anymore. It's probably it's, an app. It still does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> there's one scene that I really dug, and it was for the stupidest reason. But uh, the, I'm I'm a golden god. Uh, <laughs> scene where he's at the party. When he leaves the party, the looks on the the faces of the kids at the party, like they pan across a bunch of them. It's freaking awesome. It's yeah. just that kind of like amazed, like wow. I just. I was. I just felt the hand of God. Do you know why like they, they had just these? Amazing- do you know why they called him that? That that was written Golden God. Because originally Brad Pitt was the person that was going to play that, that part, ah. and he was scheduled to be the. And so they he wrote that just for him, and mm-hmm. they kept it in. But I think they actually were in rehearsals when uh, Pitt and Crow decided to split ways. Um, hmm. On it, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, but it was a, both sides mutual, and uh, but he, they they liked it so much that they kept it in there. So sweet. Mm-hmm. I think what's fun too is I think there's such a good supporting cast. Like I still had a little spot for Elaine Miller, you know, Frances McDormand. I thought she was great, oh, yeah. and, so and, 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 and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like I think oh, if yeah. you, anybody oh, else great. in those characters, I feel like it wouldn't have been the same movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, he delivers one of the best lines is the only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Like, mm-hmm. that's my favorite line yeah. from the whole film. And I felt like mm-hmm. that really probably resonated with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of cool lines, uh, rewatching yeah, it again. Yeah. Like I've watched it maybe twi- two or three times in the past week. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman has a lot of cool lines that he delivers so subtly that they could go right by you. But when you're. Mm-hmm. Paying mm-hmm. attention, you start going like, "Oh, damn, that's awesome! That's really and fr- cool." And from the screenwriting side of it, you know, he's the mentor, you know, which mm-hmm. is great. That character that you can bounce any kind of bad ideas off, he can kind of throw it back to him, and they can have this, you know, kind of equal, you know, uh, uh, kind of like a a correction uh, in a sense. So if you notice in the script, every time he would throw that correction back to him the story would change a little bit and the angle mm-hmm. would show. And I thought that was a really unique way to do it is to make it another writer. That's like giving him not only a mentor, but like a mentor from a screenwriting uh, part. So, which is uh, it's smart writing. It's smart, clever, clever writing all the way through. It's, it's like it all was. the writing for each character was so thoughtful. Like it was each like it wasn't like they skimped on anything. Like even the mom, like as much as you know why he got on that bus and was like, I'm out is like you also when she was cheering for him and he was in graduation, like everybody wants that mom. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about I'm... that. That that graduation scene. I mean, you oh. know, can you imagine? I'm, I'm assuming everybody here went to their graduation uh, or didn't. I don't know. I think so. Um, yeah, I think so. I, know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, physically, uh, I was there. physically, I was there. That's about <laughs> all we can say, right? Um, but you know that that being in that moment, and here she is wanting that, especially being a you know a, a teacher, she's wanting that for her son, and he's not there. Did that? How did that affect your thoughts on the film, on the character? Because that could be, you know, you could look at it as a bad side, or it could be a good side. Well, she's just uh, trying to protect him. 
from the world. But she can't keep him from the world forever. And, you know, he may even have escaped a little too early. But man, what an education he got. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what was yeah. happening to him during the graduation? Wasn't he dealing with Penny's overdose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a, a, a juxtaposition of those two different things going on. It's and they really, roll them together. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And it's They really, go from them uh, dancing powerful. in the room to the mom clapping when no one else is clapping for her son. Like, those like quick, like, they weren't extremely quick, but the quicker cuts were just like, you could get the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And I felt mm-hmm. like, and again, like, it's reading into it, everyone takes our experience, but like, I felt like she knew he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, and she was doing what she was supposed to be doing as a mom, like, being at her son's graduation. And if everyone else didn't know how amazing her son was, she was going to be there to represent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's nice. interesting. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um I, I thought they could have they could have taken both Lester Bangs and, and uh Frances McDormand, the mom character, in in a different direction. Like in a lot of movies, the mom character would have been like, No, you're not going. You're not doing this, you're too young. But they let her like she she didn't necessarily agree with it, but she let him go live his life and, and kind of experience on his own. It was, of course she was calling and checking in and wanted him to check in, but she never prevented him from doing anything. Which and I the call was really, really well written. The yeah. check-ins were always great too, because it added oh, a little yeah. comical relief to this. Oh, this is the maid. I'm sorry. Boom. You know, hang <laughs> on. I guess like. I just always assumed that she was not like, in, like when she was alone, she wasn't stable, and like her son was her stability, and he left. But like, I felt like she felt good about like who she raised. Like, she knew who he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and when they get reunited at the end of the movie, and uh, what's her name? The, the sister. The sister. Zoe Additional. Zoe Additional. <laughs> it's like the three of them on the porch, and he looks like ass. And uh, yeah. he just kind of pushes the two of them together. And I thought like it was literally, he pushes her. He does, yeah. yeah. And, and then they have that moment and they hug. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet. And, you know, he hits his bed. You can and see that happening. Even, of her even the to be scene leading again. up to that was when. You know, he's down. He had just been through all that. And she asked, you can go anywhere in the world. Where do you want to go? And he mm-hmm. chose home for her to to go kind of reunite with the mom. Yeah. Well, you well, just found out, there. like, her name, you know, yeah. like, when they were in the park, like, Lady Good, was it Lady Goodman? Goodman, right? yeah. yeah. Lady yeah. Goodman. And then she was on the plane. I'm assuming, you know, like, so he wanted to put somebody together if he couldn't physically put her together with her mom. I think. I don't know. I guess it's mm-hmm. open to everyone's interpretation. Yeah, for a second, I was like, is, is he going to pick Morocco? Or Yeah. <laughs> then, I thought yeah, that. That's too. Also too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the way, they, for him. the way they brought that back around at the very end of the film, too. You know, to kind of close that, um, made the story kind of complete by having her, you know, hit the Morocco tickets. And and, mm-hmm. then, and then still had a little comical by her leaving her glasses there. And, and she... That was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Was a nice Her super touch. Goldie Hawn glasses. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were totally Goldie Hawn glasses. Totally. Totally. She had and a little her, bit of a Goldie Hawn uh, vibe going on, didn't she? Well, of, co- of course. She's uh, Kate uh, Hudson. Cool. She always does. Right? <laughs> she is Kate right? Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> she was Penny Lane. Both of them never age. It's miraculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's annoying. Yeah. It's really I'll annoying. have what she's having. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Lots of plastic <laughs> surgery. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> they just recently showed. I saw that um, Rolling Stone had like a 
post and they put together some members of the cast for a 20 year like look back and they all like no one really aged that much it wasn't like you're like oh i don't want to see this like i want to remember it the way i remembered it they all look great and like they could not speak more fondly about their experience mm. like the time they spent together and like how they thought they still owed money to like san diego like amphitheater like the arena where they filmed <laughs> things and like uh, it was it, you know, and they all loved it from the moment they read the script. They said, and "I guess you're supposed to say that for a cult classic, but it seemed pretty genuine." Well, yeah, I, could you imagine someone going like, "God, I fucking <laughs> hated working on that movie." This Jesus Christ! Worst. Well, I think you and get that. That would be fat Patrick forgot saying that. No, <laughs> he didn't. No, he didn't. Fucking no, Cameron. So God the damn. thing, the thing, uh, <laughs> when you read this script, you, you know why that everybody jumped on. I mean, you've got some talent. Oh on yeah. This. I mean, yeah. uh, they're just they're, they're all stars, you know, and, and they were all stars in the making at that time. So, um, but but when you read it, it just flows like I mean, you know, an hour and thirty minutes are gone like that, and you're like, whoa, that's unbelievable. Like. Yeah, it was so smooth. Is it two hours long or no? Yeah, but the, I'm talking about when you're yeah. re- reading the script. So it's, oh, 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 oh. yeah, because I've, I've actually read the script and it's phenomenal. Um, you know, just the way it works. One thing that they d- also did really well is I, I don't think it took you very long to to kind of like fall for these characters. Any new character that was added, you kind of knew who they were immediately and were kind of on their side. Um, like I'm not sure that mm-hmm. there was any like was there anybody really hateable. In the no, and that cast. was the Ray know, Wilson. Yeah, but he was—he's <laughs> uh, not in the main cast. <laughs> you oh, really don't have cast. a no, villain no. in this. Um, if if anything, it, you know, uh, the villain is conformity. That's you know. There you go. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of it. You know, it's the fight against. Laura is so proud of all of those right. stuff. I, I think she's probably right about that. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I've never seen someone high five cut to a break, themselves. Right? I raised my white claw to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And her white clan. Yes. <laughs> that is a whole other thing. That's a, that's a different podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. Yep. It's like an after midnight podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be on the bonus material, so make sure you but, uh, stick around for that. For oh, me, Lordy. I think if I hated anyone, it wasn't like anyone. It was like anyone who judged them. Because like they be kind of became this family, and I guess it's kind of conformity, but like the, like the I don't know the women who came in and out and like looked up their nose, and you know what I mean. Like I think those people were the ones. Like you don't know their family; they're on the road. It's different, you know. Like um, you're just there for a second. Like you don't know what's really like what their reality is in this tour. So mm-hmm. I didn't like no, those was people, another, the haters. There was another funny moment with uh, when he's about to go. I don't know. He was in the hotel and he was about to leave the room with the, the three girls and they go, Oh, could you take the laundry? And he, goes, and he has it. He yeah. yells and he's like, what am I to you? And you're like, Oh, this is a big changing moment. And then they cut to him in the hallway with all, all the bags of the laundry. <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. I think Faruza Balk was my favorite out of all of Of them. course. Yeah. Cause you like those emo type of, uh, that Faruza Balk's always been emo to me. Yeah. <laughs> goth. Yeah, goth. yeah, it was goth back then. Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't realize it was her at first. Oh, my God. Yeah, it took me a second. The, yeah, I, I didn't realize it until I looked at IMDb, and I'm like, oh, all these Oh, that was Anna Paquin. Shout of a bitch. I should have <laughs> known that. Damn. 
Now on digital, Sean Patrick Flannery stars in this action-packed thriller, Assault on VA-33. Army veteran Jason Hill is visiting his VA hospital when terrorists infiltrate the building and take hostages. Outnumbered, Hill finds he is now the last line of defense against the armed insurgents and must take back the building and save his wife before it is too late. Bring home the action and buy or rent. Assault on VA 33 on digital tonight. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. Um, so it's funny. Yesterday, um, one of my one of my good friends down in Greenwood, Alex, texted me. He's like, "Have you seen Almost Famous?" And I was like, "It's funny that we're actually actually doing the podcast. Um, what would be today?" And he was telling me, you know, we were talking a little bit about the Cameron Crow and it being semi-autobiographical he was talking about how um the records in one scene were actually cameron crowe's personal record collection like when william gets the records out from under the bed but it kind of got me thinking so laura when we first brought this up you were not interested in it because of the autobiographical aspect did did that change as you watched it it Um, did okay it did so okay so before i saw this I had like a personal rule that like you shouldn't be able to direct the movie about yourself. Shouldn't be able to write it and direct it. Like that's just that just sounds so like look at me, look how cool I am. Oh my god. <laughs> so then I watched the movie and I read some articles and I was like, you know what? Who better to tell the story about you than you? Like, nobody else knows it as well as you do. So why do I even have this rule? Like, do I just... Am am I just afraid of, like, people being proud of themselves? Like, no. He can be proud of himself, and he can tell the story really well. And and I I let that go, and I enjoyed the movie. Well, I'm glad you did, because honestly, I think the person that can tell the story the best, if you have a storytelling mind, is the person that it actually happened to. Sure. Because you have those, you know, things. But that doesn't mean, you know, you can't, you you have to be that way. I think it's good to have other people tell some stories if you can't get past. Uh, One thing I've noticed is when people... uh, have a story that they were so close to, you've got to break away from that. So you can't be in that perspective of this is the only way that this story could be told is this way. You've got to be able to see the other things. And that would be being open to ideas and different viewpoints. Artistic license. Right. Let's let the story flow. Right. Right. Come to a natural conclusion. Like it fit all the, like the, it checked all the movie boxes for me. And I really liked Uh that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I used to be like that too, though. I used to be that way where I thought how pretentious it would be for like, Mm -hmm. you know, Stephen King to direct a movie version of something. But then, uh, now here's a movie that I'm still trying to get you guys to watch. Uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower was a book first written by Stephen Chbosky. I'm going to completely aborted his name probably. He directed the movie. And when I first heard that, I went, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> and it was fucking great because he knew the story he wanted to tell. And the story itself was amazing anyway. So it, it wasn't something that had to be, you know embellished upon or anything like that. So I, I've changed after that movie and been like, yeah, I'm open to anybody pretty much, you know, directing their own, cool. their own That's material. First, 
that first person was also cool. There are Easter eggs, a lot of Easter eggs throughout the movie. Like a lot of the movie props were his. Like mm-hmm. when, like, and when Philip Seymour uh, Hoffman's character was first introduced, he was wearing a T-shirt from the record label that um, Cameron Crowe. No, yeah, that it was he, the Guess uh, Who shirt. Yeah, <clears throat> like he, the, he's like I represented that band, so he put the T-shirt on him. It was his vinyl <laughs> under the bed, like stuff on the shelves. So um, I think you know if you're gonna make a hard turn like that, I think you tried to make it as authentic as possible and like replicate, like really like replicate the real experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, and he doesn't put be... himself on a pedestal at no. all. Like, yeah. that's he the key. Right downplays, like, he knows he's not cool, and he knows all of these <laughs> other people are cool. And he makes sure that are they are. Are they, though? No. Are they cool? No. no they're I not. mean, like, deep down, he are really, any of us really cool? He really makes them all deep characters so that you, I mean, they have levels to them instead of just being. That's. Squeaker was talking about this, like, it doesn't take you that long to fall in love with everybody. And it really, I think, happens when they're sneaking him in for the first time. Uh, he's trying to get in, so you see how uncool he is and how that doormat or the security guy's being a douche. And the girls even are willing to be nice to him, but then leave him behind. And then the band, as soon as he, he butters them up a little bit, he feels like a loser. And then they're like, no, come on, come on. Tell, we're all incendiary. Come on, come on. So as and soon it's as just, they I, warm up to him, we warm up to him. I, you warmed up to everybody pretty much at that yeah. point. Where, oh, this is going to be kind of a big family movie type of, well, you know. And what's interesting, Patrick, is that everyone's kind of got their own intentions. And, you know, Penny, Penny <laughs> really wants Russell. Like, you, you right. have everybody's got their own goal. But they never do it so selfishly that it's to, like, the – that it hurts someone else. I mean, you could argue that the band may be to each other, but that's a different story. Mm-hmm. The other characters, they never really sabotage anyone else to get what they want, even though you know they do have their own intentions. Right, right. And that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Although we do learn about some sabotaging that has been going on on the plane. And like right, people yeah. have been oh, undermining yeah. each other. Somebody's yeah. been stealing. People have been sleeping with each other's wives. And and was I'm she gay, your wife or was a girlfriend? <laughs> I think right. She's a girlfriend. I think she. I don't know. I can't remember now. But in the was, in the early, I thought it was a wife because they talk yeah, about wives and men. But then it becomes girlfriend. I think mm-hmm. later on, and that that she was you know the girlfriend. It gets some cozy of the when guys playing it fast and yeah. loose. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lines are blurred. Mm-hmm. When you think you're going to die in a fiery plane wreck, you know, things are sad. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's funny because it starts out with him saying, uh, you know, I just want you guys to know I love you all. Yeah. And then minutes later, it's like, wah, wah, wah. we don't love you. <laughs> and then that one guy going, I'm gay. I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then everything smooths out right after that. <laughs> Always I was case. wondering if that's yeah. something that could be done now, because at the time it was just let's have him say something like so shocking. But now, would anybody be like, if it's a brand new movie, would anybody be like shocked by that revelation? They'd be like, "Oh, we know." Is it yeah. a brand new movie, but done in a period, or is it a movie that takes place now? Oh, that's a good point, Patrick. You, you mm. kind of got me on that one. <laughs> yeah, because if it's a period piece, yeah. If it's a period piece, yeah, it would yeah. still be a big thing. But if it's something now, they'd be like, I know, I saw your Facebook page. <laughs> Everybody knows you're gay. <laughs> um, but the other thing, Laura, that um, I couldn't really bring it up when we brought the movie up last week or last last episode was it's not like this was almost famous, the Cameron Crowe story. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of loosely based where it's you never like, it's not the 
the actual biography of Cameron Crowe, which I think works. That's why it works. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was I was expecting it to be like, this is my life story. Here you go. And then with a narrator, would you have a little voice narrating? It was back in nineteen (laughs) seventy three when I first got a gig with Rolling Stone. (laughs) Oh God, no. (laughs) And even like never known the the touch of a woman. Well, even like sorry. the even like the plane crash kind of you know concept was based off of the Leonard Skinner uh, situation. Um, it was things like that 70, were based 70. on. So on they had things that. like and that. And that Stillwater, I think, was based on the Altman brothers. Yeah, and yeah. As a matter of fact, I think they say uh, Dwayne Altman was the one that was jumping off the roof of the building. They certainly uh, look like the that, Altman brothers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they do. Well, they so. look like every band in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If one of them was really fat, he would look like David Crosby. So. Yeah. This is yeah. Crosby weed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all stopped talking at one time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Squeaker, I've got a question Paranoia for you. is setting in. All right. <laughs> um, so I am new, so I, have, I can boldly... Uh, this was a game changer for me after I rewatched the film and prepping for this. I saw that Kate Hudson was not originally cast as Penny Lane. She was originally cast as the sister, and the actress who was going to play Penny Lane uh, got sick and couldn't perform. And uh, they knew that she was the right character because the scene where she's dancing in the stadium by herself, uh, I think it was a cat feeding song, I can't mm-hmm. remember, um, but that was totally unscripted. Wow. And they oh, knew wow. that she was the right person. So um, I think the movie, I mean, I'm sure it still would have been a really, I mean, it's hard to like go back and like unsee what we've seen. Um, but I think it would be totally different without Kate Hudson. I felt like she was been doing. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I thought that was a fun fact. Yeah. I couldn't imagine anyone else playing that role. And I can't see her as the sister either. I don't think, I think she yeah. would have been underutilized. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe too dominant. Like, or right, too, yeah. uh, too. I thought Zoe Deschanel was fine as the sister. She was yep. great as that. As a yep. matter of fact, she yep. added a little comedy to it in a sense. And I'm not a huge um, Zoe Deschanel fan. Her, 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 like, her line, though, uh, <laughs> look under your bed, you know, it will set you free. You know, that was a good Oh, good you line. scared me. I thought you were um, talking directly to me and you said, look under my bed. Like, Did you just see something happen? Don't turn around, um, Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> and, and oh, yeah, that was great. I don't know if you guys saw the news today. There was uh, someone that actually happened that was underneath this teenager's bed for three <laughs> weeks. And they called him. He was living under the bed for three weeks. So I don't How know do what you kind do of that? bed. Don't you have to go to the bathroom? I, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was it like an adult under a kid's bed? Or mm-hmm. what? Yeah, he was like a 21-year-old or 20 or 21-year-old living under this high school girl's taking pictures with his cell phone. It's kind of strange. And the girl didn't three know weeks. three weeks. Three weeks, yeah. Well, maybe that Ew. bitch needed to clean her room once in a while. She'd know. <laughs> or what about her parents? I mean, like, come on. Victim blamer. <laughs> yeah. For I'm real. sorry. Three weeks, someone under your bed. Maybe she had a I dust was. ruffle. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Yeah. You don't know so what a dust a ruffle is? Oh, yeah. She's a rich girl, <laughs> is she? She's a rich girl. She's got a dust ruffle. <laughs> Or we'll sing a full song. Yeah, cream <laughs> runner bed. There you go. Oh my gosh! I tell you what, this movie made me. It made me sad that I got rid of all my vinyl records. Oh, that makes me sad too. Why'd you do that? Oh, I got rid of them. When did CDs happen? Oh, like a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I was able to afford CDs. I had to sell the albums. The so. albums outlast the CDs too. So just so you know. Um, well, thanks picture? for that. 
tidbit that won't help me ever now. <laughs> I can picture Patrick just at a garbage dump just being like, well, won't be needing these anymore. Yeah. Who's like, going to ever listen to these? Like Actually, honestly, later. I don't even – I have very few CDs at this point. Everything's fucking digital. So. Yeah, but I you used have, to have like great, five CDs. You know, I had Meatloaf's album, the first one, that I listened to so much that I thought that the little grooves would come off the record. They didn't, by the way. <laughs> I miss my out. albums. <laughs> What's that? Wearing the meatloaf out. Wearing the meatloaf out. <laughs> and then I worked with that him on a movie. That sounds so disgusting. <laughs> oh, Wearing the meatloaf out. Wearing the meatloaf out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> is that a euphemism? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Wearing the meatloaf out. For an old guy. And um, so... I mean, what was your favorite scene in the whole movie? I mean, like, if there's any scenes that stood out to you that just kind of, like, anything that jumped out at you guys? Man. I mean, that's a tough well, one, because it's, well, like, the, you got to uh, think about it. There's the, the stomach-pumping scene, like, really brings you right out of your magical reality and, like, okay, welcome back to the real world right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, but it was, was also it was harsh. <laughs> but it was also like interesting that he was almost fantasizing about that scene. Yeah, like like definitely yeah. romanticizing. Like he it. was romanticizing her at that point, and I thought that was the scene that just jumped out at me. It was like so strange, but yet like creepy, cool in a way. Like I was like, I would never think of like trying to write something where that happened. But he came off as like very like. I'm so in love with you even more now. Like, you know, yeah, he's not I, disgusted. He mm-hmm. he's like concerned and in love. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was because he felt that he was going to lose her, mm-hmm. and here she's being, you know, she's coming back, and I'm, and now I still have the chance at making well, then, this work. Think about it this way too: is he's he's basically like in competition with a rock star. In his eyes and he doesn't back down it's not like he ever thinks like well i've got no chance like he he keeps on and kind of you know i guess that's just who he is he has he just seemed like a good person who really loved her and he knows that russell has faults and that he's treating her wrong oh my one of my favorite scenes is when he's like he traded you for a pack of budweiser and like a stick of gum or whatever yeah. it was like you know, he, like that's how valuable he thought you were like, it was yeah. fifty dollars like, in a pack of uh, a oh, case Heineken. of beer. Case of Budweiser, yeah, yeah case of beer. Is that good enough? But like, you know, he, like, and he told her that, like, fully, like, in his very demeanor, like, you know, demure uh, way. But he, that was like as fierce as he could get, and she took it. You know, it was really interesting. I thought that but was she, she thing. had the perfect response too, and she said, "What kind of beer?" Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I thought that was interesting because. They had already told her that not to not be there in New York, so they really were like. It, it, I thought it was kind of interesting that she was not going to be in New York because of the girlfriend being there, and they were almost like, "Well, we've already know that she's not going to be there, so we're not going to lose this bet." You know, it's I like know, when Desi. I called that Lucy a second time, and I was like, "Oh, wait a second! They're actually betting on something they already know, so they they're not losing anything." So I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, it was a little t- kind of twist in that notch, I think. It's like Desi telling Lucy not to be in the show. That was never going to work. Ricky! Right. <laughs> you right. know? Like- right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, when you talk about favorite scene, I don't think this one's my favorite scene, but it's one that definitely stood out. Um, after William spends that first show and he meets Stillwater and everybody when he's leaving and he knows everyone in the arena by yes. name and he's telling <laughs> yes. them all goodbye and just like the joy in his voice, how he's learned everyone's name in there. Even the, one guy of the guys sleeping. is like passed yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was so Bye, Gary. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did it's like that. Air. I like. I pretty much liked the whole thing of him first getting into the club up to that point. If that was a huge, massive scene, I, I think it's just so much fun because you get to then, experience. I mean, look how lucky he was for the way things went for yeah. him. He was locked out. He's a kid. He's locked out of this whole scene that he wants to be a part of. And then he's saying goodbye to the sleeping guy <laughs> before you and know. And one of my favorite lines, I think, is um, the end of that scene when they're leaving and he's running back out to his mom's car. And Penny's like, give me a call. We live in the same city. And he says, I think I live in a different world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. like, you can't. You can live in the same city, but in a completely different world basically well, especially oh, yeah. if you live like in la i mean every city is a you know where areas and oh it doesn't world. even have to be that i lived in a small town and i felt that way before, mm-hmm. so it's uh it was more of a sign of the times i think too because now everyone's connected there's an <laughs> app to connect us all <laughs> fucking greg uh, i'm grumpy now i'm disconnecting <laughs> i'm disconnected to it all fuck them Something that I think about a lot when I watch this film too is like how Penny seems just enamored with the entire world. You know, like yeah. the whole she loves it. Like this is her world. She's the queen. She, I think, like I mean, if you did a gut check, she knows who she really is. But she just seems so enamored. Like when her line, it's all happening. You know, like she, like this is her, her place. And I think seeing her without makeup. You know, towards the end of the film. Sorry, I don't want to ruin it. I don't know what the rules are. Um, I think that it's been, was, it's been 20 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the rule. I'm the guest. I'm like, oh, great. Spoiler alert. But, like, then, but then you see her on the plane with no makeup. Like, that's who she really is. And you're like wondering if she's going to be okay with that. Is that going to be enough? Like, has she had that experience? So I thought about just how she embraced everything with such wonder and whether that was false or whether, like, she really believed it. I always thought she was like, I think she believed it, but maybe she was in conflict with herself a little bit. I don't know. But I always wondered what she was thinking on the inside. I think she had a couple of good, like, reality checks that brought her out of her world. But I think most of the time she was in it. She believed it. Yeah, and I think she, you know, she felt that it was going to happen with her and Russell. But when you you saw... At that point, after the you know the fifty dollars and the and the case of beer, you know she sort of at that point kind of turned her 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 pivot happens there, and she starts to make the you know the progress and growth. But I think she's like a free spirit too, so that was part of the way she they had her dressed. And uh, I thought, I mean, I think she, that character is interesting in, in the way that Kate Hudson pulled that off. So and it, it was I mean, based on like two real people. Um, it was based on an actual, actual Penny Lane, um, and then BB Buell. Um, oh, Tyler's mom! Wow, yeah. so kind that's of like so cool. Based on both of them a little bit. Yeah, that dance she does, like in the empty auditorium, mm-hmm. that's based on a BB Buell, like dance she did at an empty auditorium. Hmm. Like, it just was a classic groupy thing. I love that they it- pulled so many stories from BB. 
I just think it's interesting when Penny got on that plane, like was her costume off? Like she had no makeup on. She's like the girl in the t-shirt going back to San Diego, you know, whatever was next and whatever you thought was next for her. And I just thought it was interesting. I was like, was it over? And now she's going to figure out who she is or is that who she wanted to be and failed? I don't know. I just think there's so many cool ways to interpret it, which makes it like neat for, you know, everybody to uh, have their own hot take on it. Yeah. Where would Penny Lane be in 10 years? I don't, I don't even know. Mm. And it would I hope somewhere great. On the Adult <laughs> Beverage Film Podcast, if you yeah. ask me. So, uh, Wearing leg warmers in 1983. That's right. Yep. There you go. There you go. And some kind of like off-the-shoulder sweatshirt. That was cut in many places. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cut and bulky, bulky socks and Reeboks for sure. Yep. And a headband. Doing like, was it jazzercise or like whatever that? <laughs> yeah, I think she put her in a fitness situation like Olivia there. Olivia Newton-John. She's, she's Olivia Newton-John. Mm. Yes! <laughs> Sweet. Hello, William Miller. This is he. William, this is Ben Fong Torres. I'm the music editor at Rolling Stone magazine. We got a couple copies of your stories from the San Diego door. Is this the same William Miller? Yes, it is. Voice of God, Howling Tugs, the spirit of rock and roll. This is good, solid stuff, man. Well, thanks. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Listen, I think you should be writing for us. Any ideas? Uh, how about Stillwater? Stillwater? Hardworking band makes good. New album out there, third. Starting to do something. Crazy. Let's do 3,000 words. We'll join the band on the road. We'll set up billing. Don't let the band pay for anything. We can only pay, let me see, 3,000 words. $700. All right, a grand. What's your background, William? You a journalism major? Yeah. What college? Honey, I need you to do that thing that fixes the garbage disposal. Well, I certainly know how my lady gets when you don't snap to it. Crazy. 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 Stillwater? So at the end of the movie, we see that uh, William has written this article that, well, I guess at first he writes kind of like the puff piece, and then he rewrites it to be this truthful article about who they really are, and the band doesn't like it. Um, And it takes, you know, till the end for for them to kind of come around and, and allow that to be published. Do you think that was the right decision on William's part, and do you think... Ultimately, that was the best for the band for that to happen. I think what happened is he did what uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman told him to do. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Be, and unmerciful. Uh, unmerciful and oh. be honest and tell it like it is. And I think that was great because he was kind of honoring his mentor at that point. Because it wasn't the fluff piece when it was still in like little post-it notes or whatever or little mm-hmm. scraps mm-hmm. of paper. They didn't have post-it notes yet, did they? I don't remember to go post it. Just little bits of paper. <laughs> little bits of paper is what we called I mean, it. Post it notes um, have to be like 100 years old. At <laughs> but yeah, I think it was. Paper. I think it was. Uh, it was a testament to his mentor, and uh, he told it like it is. And I think the band kind of went, you know, that's that's what we are. That's what, yeah, and I don't think true. it would hurt. I honestly don't think that kind of PR would hurt them because they're a rock band. And it's really interesting. Like, yeah. 
all the drama, super interesting. Right. If there was no and drama, it would be a boring story. That exactly. We just love the music, man. And that's why they didn't like the puff too, piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was the days of TMZ, although those the stories probably would have been interesting. But I think there's also not only like the nod to his mentor, but the nod to his craft. He's a journalist. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think like I, I think if he his the first thing his biggest opportunity and he wasn't authentic to himself I, I don't know that he would know what the course of his career I think he had to be authentic right. to his craft and then from the oh. band's point of view like they they wanted to kind of control that narrative but you're right like what people wanted to see was like the real version of them good or bad was going to make people like them even more as opposed to just some made up. Like, this is a great band. They all get along and they're all so happy together. Like it had to be real <laughs> for people to actually love the band. Yeah. But I also think that exactly, he was yeah. didn't want to be reflected. Like I think that people would have known that wasn't true. Like you, people hear stories and there's rumors or people go to concerts or they see what they see. I think people would read that and know it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't just don't think he could do it. I don't think he could stomach it. Yeah. And I think, you know, he was a young and up and coming writer at that time. So, you know, he's and he's getting a different experience because partly maybe because of his age, you know, that he's getting to see things from a different, you know, a cleaner view without all the you know obstructions and all the kind of stuff. So I, I think the story came out the way it was supposed to. You know, it was going to be, you know, one of the things that they talked about, you know, feel, um, um, you know they talked about the situation of them, the Rolling Stones changing the story potentially and you know that's what was going to happen if they went the way and all the notes were put in they were going to kind of do their own story and this turns out hey i haven't finished you know let me finish it tonight he writes it and then it's the true feeling of what went on so i think it was a perfect way to end the stories he put out a positive note then you see the you know the the band on the front of the cover and you know the shot that by annie lieberwitz Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's kind of cool that you know that's how it all played out. I mean, I think it's a storybook. It's like a ending. coming of age for him. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. It's a coming of age. Like, like he told the truth. Like the story that he could have written and had a fun time and like boys band, you know. Like, but I think that he grew up and he told the truth. Which made ultimately it even better, for the so. band, it may have saved them. Like that situation on the plane where they all kind of got everything out in the open. And kind of said they needed to do that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. It was, otherwise it was just going to explode somewhere down the line and then it becomes just like a lot of bands where you just blow up break up and that's the end of it well, getting all this out and then having the article to kind of i don't know if you kind of come together on it because they they all experienced it together it's like this is who we are that kind of allows them to move yeah we forward, need to I just think. face up to it well let's let's you, uh, i got a question off of that print. Mm-hmm. I've got a question off of that. Do you think, what's your thoughts? Do you think the band stayed together? Or do you think the band broke up? Oh, I thought they stayed together. Yeah. Didn't you they think- have them on tour after yeah. that? Yeah. All smooching each other on stage? Yeah, they do, but yeah, that could have been the next, that could have been the day crazy. after. Do you think that that, that band <laughs> stayed together is what I'm saying? I think so. I think, yeah, I think but, so too. You know, at that time, I'm sure Russell broke off and did his own thing. He did a solo yeah. album or two. And then, well, I, I did think he was better. Sure. And then they came back together. Um, they would definitely be touring those, now. <laughs> a lot of those seventies bands also became had interchangeable members and stuff. And I remember yeah. my brother having like Loggins and Messina, and it would be Loggins, Messina, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing, and Bob and Curly. Oh, and there's like, always different people? people. In like Steely yeah. Dan has like a like 
Seven different people coming in and out all the time. Yeah. Michael McDonald's Who in there. Who hasn't been in Chicago? Exactly. I was in I just, Chicago. I, I wasn't. I just say that I, I, I passed. I, uh, the first band, the first seventies band Patrick could think of was Loggins and Messina. <laughs> wow. This is this is an influence of my brother. It was so funny because. Uh, it, when at the beginning, when she says, look under the bed and stuff, my brother used to give me albums, but he didn't give me Tommy. He didn't give me Zeppelin. He gave me like his ELO albums that he didn't want, which I do love ELO. <laughs> Nobody can fuck with Electric Light Orchestra uh, and sticks and things like Peter that. But my brother, no, that didn't happen. Luckily. I think it's uh, a good thing you threw your albums uh, away, Patrick. Uh, I no, actually, I, no, I loved uh, <laughs> Sticks and Yellow. I still love it. The Yellow yep. was my first concert. But uh, my brother was listening to Molly Hatchet and listening to uh, Loggins and Messina and, uh, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Edgar Winter's group and shit like that. And it would just Medford be like, Man so, and his Earth Band. Not so much then. Uh, but so there was always this vibe of of his music coming out of his room. And then I'm in my room listening to Yellow Mr. Blue Sky. It's That's very a good bizarre. One. It's a good it album. is a good song. Yeah. It's a great song. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, mm, mm. Why does music suck nowadays? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I hope people say that. Fun fact I have an aversion to any music that has like a line that's like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> ZZ Top is not for you. No ZZ Top for you. Yeah, wow, like, wow, there's, a, wow. there's a country band that's got line. I got a lot of change in my pocket going. At any time someone plays oh. Wagon Wheel, I want to throw myself under my own car. I'm so <laughs> lost. Are these, are these country songs? There's two country and then one anything with a how how how. VT, don't listen to country. I know you're. I know where. I know you're in Texas, but don't do it. Don't listen. Don't give in. Don't lose high. your rock and roll roots. Country music freaks me out. I mean, they're sad. No matter what on. happens, they're sad. <laughs> I don't Someone's even, probably going to play that at my funeral one day. That'll be like a cherry on the cake. This is what she would have wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, she wanted but... achy, breaky heart. I know I'm just a guest, but now one of you is obligated to come to my funeral or whatever formation that is and make sure that doesn't happen. So. Is it going to be I, I got you, girl. We got you. Can you have it here? Hmm. Can we have it remote? <laughs> Why don't you make a podcast of it? Then I'll live out for <gasps> eternity. Yes. Yeah, there you there go. You That's go. It. There Live you go. podcast. Do you know what song is the song that you will find? Like, if I hear too much, I will be on top of a post office with an assault gun. Would be the because I'm happy. Oh, I yeah. hate that song no. so fucking much, and it makes me violent. Does it make you unhappy? It makes me. It makes me violent. <laughs> and this is coming from the grumpy old man. So, uh, I don't want to cut that. No, it's just. I'm little, you know. Also, get off his lawn. Yeah, well, I live in an apartment, so it's even weirder if you're on my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my lawn. Off, I don't care. Do what you want. Get off my deck. Uh, okay. All right. So this is a good time to Dead. change the Not subject dick. there. So we're going straight into what you've been perverts. watching. Are so we done? Are we done with yeah. all those things? Can I, can I tie up one so more let's, thing? Let's, 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 let's talk let's about it. Let's wrap it up with a bow. Let me tie this up. Well, this is, this <laughs> is a, a segue into what we've been watching. Maybe. Yeah. Not really. Okay. So now oh, I was almost looking it up. So this, is our, from. this is our fifth 
either fourth or fifth music type movie mm-hmm. that we've done a podcast on. The only re- I say fourth or fifth because Scott Pilgrim. I think you can go either way. There's a lot of music in it. And, yeah, but it's not a music. It's not really. It's more its anniversary, book. isn't yeah. it? It's tenth anniversary now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, so definitely check say, that out. Go on and listen to Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, of the five the five music podcasts we've done, Whiplash, Bohemian Rhapsody. <sighs> That's Sing our number Street. one download right now too. Bohemian Rhapsody is. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, why, he did but, um, I don't, it's, I, it's crazy. <laughs> Are you guys all India. big Queen fans? Mm, We're all big Queens. No question. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Some oh, are queen. My brother gave me Queen. My brother gave me a Queen album, too. Oh, so he did give you something really good. Mm-hmm. Everything I mean, he those... gave me was really good. It was just really different from what he was listening to. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's a hard question because uh, earlier Street. today. I know you love that uh, yeah, actually, all the name all the music one because Whiplash is one of my top ten favorite yeah. films of all time. Sing Street's one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody, not one of my top ten movies of all time, but I love it. It's my uh, almost famous. Five movies of all time. <laughs> and almost famous. And what's the Pilgrim, other? If you want to include Scott Pilgrim, it. I don't consider a music. It's not. I that's a comic that, uh, book because there was original songs in it. Yeah, but there were. Oh no, it's. Uh, it's got music in it, but so do a lot of other movies that I don't think of as like music movies. I don't, uh, Whiplash is going to be my favorite. And yeah. even that I don't think of as a music. I, I know that sounds stupid. It's not a Bohemian Rhapsody has a lot of different songs. Almost Famous has a lot of different songs. Sing Street has a lot of different songs. Whiplash is about four numbers that they keep repeating throughout the movie. <laughs> over and over, <laughs> over and over. And over again. So Again. I, I'll just get straight to Caravan. the point. You know, uh, it took uh, Patrick <laughs> 20 minutes to get to his point. I will say Almost Famous is, I think, the best movie that we've done that's on music. I think from a, a script, from a all the way aspect of it, I think it's the best film. Whiplash is great. Whiplash is an amazing film, but... I, you know, because it's so hard and dark, it's harder for me to yeah. want to watch it over and over again. Which I would You're insane. Watch Every time I watch it, I feel good. Mm-hmm. That ending okay. makes me feel so good. Every time that, you hear Tony Danza, do you guys all think of the film? Hmm. I think of Tony Danza, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm your Tony and then it goes Danza. Oh, Danza. I went right into... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not even the right song. It's not. I went into uh, Tina Turner. I'm, I'm your... I'm your As Tony you Danza, a, a Tony for money. I'm your Tony Danza. <laughs> I act yeah, for some money. Yeah, that's a good plug. Go, go watch the other, or go listen to the other podcasts. If you want to yeah. hear our thoughts on all those other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, out. we haven't really destroyed any movie that's got a strong musical uh, basis. Well, I don't. Well, wait till I pick one. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't like Bohemian Rhapsody because you're a plebeian. Me? No, 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 you like Bohemian Rhapsody. I did, didn't you? yeah, I liked it yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah I did. Squeaker too. is the only one who's like, mm. and Whiplash, he's like, mm. I don't know, too many drums. Well, see, now me and Squeaker are even because I was like, me on this one, and he was like, me <laughs> on Bohemian Rhapsody. So now the now next we're even. podcast will settle. Who's cool. yeah. so our <laughs> next one can't out. be our next one can't be a music uh, one. No. Definitely, and it, and it can't no. be a Korean horror movie because we've done a bunch of those too. We <laughs> have done, we've done a lot, <laughs> a lot of those. Wrap it up, B. Dick, I got it. He's okay. He is on acid though. I I can't really tell. How do you know when it's kicked in? I am a golden god. Yeah!
Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were I'm on drugs. Yeah! Russell, I think we should work on those last words. Okay. Oh, I got it. 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 This is better. Last words. I dig music. We'll go back to the hotel. Okay. Jump. Jump! So let's talk about our next film that we're going to be watching. So we've had some really good ones, but uh, Patrick, why don't you tell us what we're going to be watching since uh, you've been dying to say it. Finally. For an hour, you've been Freaking dying to say finally. it. Finally. For two years, I've been trying to get these guys to watch Perks of Being a Wallflower. <sighs> you know, love it or else. It's the pool noodle. <laughs> it's, the, it's the noodle for you'll be, you. You'll be mercilessly built, beaten with the pool noodle. <laughs> a fresh one. Yes. <laughs> I hate the spent ones. <laughs> I'm going to beat you with a spent one. It's going to be much grosser. <laughs> it is. Damn pool noodles. Sure got a lot of bacteria on them after a while. We he doesn't so there you go. The Perks of being a wallflower. Next <laughs> time. All right. It's awesome. You That's need to watch it before we talk about it. Yes. Yeah, so I like there's yeah. huge spoilers. It's not yeah. fucking, you know, Justice League. It's not been out, but how many years? <laughs> it's not <laughs> Memento. It's been out for a number of nine years. years. <laughs> it's been nine out nine years. years. Ezra wow. Miller, Logan, Logan uh, Lerman is wow. in it. Uh, that Hermione girl from uh, them Harry Potter movies is in it. Oh, that Granger chick. Yeah, I know her. Yeah, yeah, she's in it. She's mm. good what stuff. is she, Watson or something? What is that? Yeah. What's her name? Emma. Emma Watson. Emma, Emma, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So that's what we're going to be jumping onto, and let's talk yes. about what you've been watching. We're, let's start off <laughs> it's with. It's funny. I brought up Zack Snyder. I brought up Justice League. No, because we're I talking to we're talking about to Laura first, the ladies. Oh, we'll first, talk to Laura first, and oh, then oh. then all the, bad movies. You keep the, the ones that want to be ladies can come after that. So, um, <laughs> Laura, what, what you been watching? So, um, a ton of Star Trek, all different flavors. Um, Mostly Voyager. It's my favorite. Oh. And, um, yay. Yay. You like that one? So I gave Kent, you guys see each other fairly regularly. I gave Kent some, uh, Voyager comic books and Star Trek comic (gasps) books to give to you. Oh, sweet. Oh my God. I'm so excited. No, Kent, that top one's yours. It's the Western (laughs) one. She doesn't want a Western one. I might want a Western one. There you go. (laughs) Because I did watch, I watched a, a Western as well, The Grand Duel with, um, Lee Van Cleef. So, you know, I'm into the science fiction and the westerns. And, uh, oh, and there's a new Riff Tracks app. I don't know if anyone is interested in um, making fun of bad movies, but I am. And Mm -hmm. it's awesome. So I've been watching a lot of that, too. What a sentence. There's a new Riff Tracks app. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) I don't think I understood any of it, but cool. Things that people didn't (laughs) say 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Mystery Science Theater. But yes. without the little people at the bottom. But that's the fun. Is it well, though? too peoply. 
Maybe not. <laughs> I never really got into Mystery Science Theater because I usually liked the movies that were ripping apart. Oh, man, they're terrible. Wonderfully terrible. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's it. That's all you've been watching is an app and uh, some Star Trek. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was and out of one town. one Western. I was out of town for a while, and um, there's not good internet there, so it's basically uh, whatever is on TV, and that was a lot of Star Trek uh, and okay. a Western. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Squeaker, what have you been watching? Well, I've been looking at my mail app and my messages app. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about other things other than just apps? Right. Um, yeah, we're, we're, I think I, uh, we're done with apps, hopefully. <laughs> it was just that well, I have a lot more. I was Actually, that's it. And not even messages. I just Tinder. Like, so you guys would it's think like I was Facebook for messages. Gmail. <laughs> um, Gmail. <laughs> I, um, I want to bring up something. I don't think this has ever been brought up before, but I was watching a stand-up special. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, was it Nate, <laughs> Nate Bargatze? Anybody know Nate Bargatze? All right. First no. of all, you made up that name. Yep. <laughs> Didn't you? Um, <laughs> it's called... I can't remember what it's called. It's on Netflix. It's the... The most, uh, I can't remember. I'll figure it out. And then a show Good on plug. Amazon called called uh, Louder Milk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, watch that. I've um, heard of that, but never Ron watched Livingston. it. Um, it's it's really good. It's uh, it's you know, it's a cool show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right, cool. Well, that's all you got? I can tell you like the whole plot if you want. We can go through all of it. Well, the way you said it was like we were going to attack. It was like we were going to attack you, but I don't think anyone else has seen it, so it could be. Well, I don't don't want to say too much. (laughs) Some loud milk. milk. Um, I do like some dairy shows. It's um, it's about a a guy who's in recovery, um, an alcoholic who's in recovery, and he leads like a group. Ron Livingston runs a group, but it's a comedy. It's got a lot of comedians in it. Um, and Nate's special is called The Greatest Average American. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> Took a while to get there, but I got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. BT, what, you, what have you been watching? Anything lately? I have been losing sleep binge watching Billions. Oh. So I uh, love it. So if you like cocaine and trading stock, that is mm-hmm. the series for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I love, I am, and I love my boy Damian Lewis. A big shout out to him. So. Oh, I love Damian Lewis. He's, he's awesome. He has such um, a tiny mouth. His mouth is so Teeny tiny mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's so tiny. I mean, um, I've been watching teeny, that. Tiny mouth. I've been watching, rewatching the um, West Wing with my husband, who's never seen. <gasps> yes, and I You're don't not my watch favorite. West Wing. I He's watch him react, and if he doesn't react the way I wish, I threaten to divorce him. Oh, um, my sh- <laughs> VT, my shirt. I saw that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, these are my people." And I'm then, a huge um, West Wing person. Film-wise, I, I, there's like some classic sports films. I work a lot in sports, and I uh, and like sports and sports adjacent films. And once I've been watching uh, lately, I always watch Moneyball. It's always on the short list. But if you guys haven't seen this, and I, if you do a podcast on it, you'll have to let me know. Finding Forrester. Oh have you guys yeah, watch Finding so Forrester? good. Mm-hmm. It's with Sean Connery, and it's got basketball in the mix. Like sports is at the heart of it, but it's about relationships. Um, and uh, the famous line is that was not exactly a soup question. Now was it? So you guys should go see that for sure. It makes well, more love sense soup. to see the film. Well, we talked about milk. I thought soup. You know, why yeah. not? You know, tie yeah. all together. I love soup. liquids. Right. Soup is also good. Has mm-hmm. And a pack one. From mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Oh. We'll cross them. All I can think of is soup now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soup I is want good soup. food. I had lobster bisque yesterday. <laughs> 
Kent, what have you been watching? I love it. Before I run down I my massive list. Oh, I've been watching. Well, I've been. Debbie does. Oh, yes. what? I watched Don John, um, which is I've seen it before, and just kind of went back to look at some editing things in it that I thought were with a uh, with a. Uh, uh, I've seen yeah, that. Uh, yeah, with his what's three this, names, Joseph Levitt? Joseph, Joseph Gordon uh, Levitt wrote it and directed. That it. That was odd. Yeah, that was an interesting mm, very movie. Different. He got all film. buff for it. Didn't he, he did. He did. Mm, yeah. I it was like interesting because I watched it for again for uh, just to watch the the editing that I had <laughs> Down thoughts for buff and editing. No sound required. Yeah, but it didn't. Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't as cool an editing process as I was thinking about. But anyway, I, I, I do yeah. like the film. It's very entertaining and, and it's fun to watch. It's a good fun movie. Um, and I watched uh, In a World. Um, in a world. In a world. Oh, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I didn't see fun. that. It's I didn't a fun either. Film and it's. Uh, I've watched it uh, quite a few times, and it's just a fun film to go back and watch. And I thought I wanted just to look back some of the humor in there, and to, you know, to try to capture some of that and uh you know, it's funny it's entertaining it's a fun film it's just a good watch i mean I'm lake, lake bell is funny i don't uh, know what I, uh in a world is yeah is it i don't about either the guy who yeah, does who does the uh, does voiceovers and uh it's all about voiceover it's a comedy about the voiceover uh industry oh, okay it's really where, good. where can we watch this any i think about anywhere you want uh, i think it's some pretty <laughs> I can I watch it, I can watch it right, right here in my living room <laughs> right in your living you don't have to leave yeah Will it show in my But pants? it's worth watching. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun little film. And then my I did a little happen. Harold and Kumar's. Uh, jumped on those and watched those, and I forgot how much I... Uh, oh, that first one them? is so good. Yeah. First one's great. Yeah. yeah. And one's then great. after that, it went downhill, but... A um, little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they... they a lot of it. A lot stuff. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then... You, you know, guys are much more... Uh, you're my new uh, filmy best friends. Have you guys watched or talked about In and of Itself with Derek Delgado? You heard about this film? No. I have not oh. watched that yet, but people seem to really be uh, changed from watching it. I have never wept harder. Oh, wow. I can't tell you what it's about, and it has changed okay. me forever. And the name and of the it again? Wow. It's called In and of Itself. And the author, like the orator, the owner of the story, is the most unbelievable character. Hmm. And it's one of the most authentic films you'll ever see. And when Was you it watch Netflix it, or, or Hulu? It's Hulu. Oh, okay. Hulu. And, Hulu. Uh, and I would say not only watch the film, I'm not giving anything away, because it's actually a live stage performance. Um, so I guess that's the true. But look who's in the audience. Mm. That's the only spoiler I will give you. All right. Cool. Awesome. cool. So nobody so, mentioned any of the stuff I've been watching. I've watched uh, Nomadland. Mm-hmm. Francis, another Francis McDormand movie, fucking fantastic. I watched the four-hour Zack Snyder Justice League, and, and never thought I'd say this because I'm not a Zack Snyder fan. It was infinitely better I like than the theatrical oh. version. I like really, uh, I think he's good. Yes, it's good director. It's a very epic film. Um, I still get angry about Sucker Punch and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was crap. Uh, Three hundred. It's hard not to. Wasn't like Wasn't bad. Yeah. Should have been a different name. It was a terrible name. Sucker Punch? Yeah. Terrible. How about Sucker Audience for watching it? Oh. Uh, that's, okay. that's what I called it. I also watched Cherry. Anyone watch Cherry, the Tom yeah. Holland movie? Yeah. Kind of heavy. And I watched a, mil- uh, a Million Little Pieces starring Kick-Ass, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and uh, uh, Giovanni Ribisi, and uh, a f- there's a few familiar faces in there. But the most embarrassing thing, it threw me off because the very first scene, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think he's just Aaron Johnson then, or Aaron Taylor, whatever, before he got married. He's got a completely nude scene. 
And he has a third leg. And it's hard to unsee it once and you've seen it. We know and then we watched it now. And then later in the movie, there's another nude scene. Yep, it's a third. Is line. it on that app you're watching? Wow. Is it on What's that, that app? <laughs> it's on Tinder. It's a grinder. It's a grinder production. Grind up on me uh, app. Mm-hmm. No, it's actually it's. Well, I didn't realize this was based on that book that you remember Oprah endorsed a book and then it ended up that the story wasn't true. Yep. That's this book. Oh, yeah. And uh, and the movies, so uh, the movies, uh, it's really good. It's well acted. And uh, if you're in the mood for drug abuse, it's one of those, you know, it's not a happy-go-lucky movie. There's, you know, vomiting and, and rehab. Is it and is it like and, Requiem for a Dream kind of drug It's not that. It's or? not okay. that bad shit. That movie's fucked up to like the point where. Train spotting I, kind of drug abuse or well, I mean, like. Because yeah, that was okay until the abuses. baby thing, you oh, know, yeah. and then, yeah, whoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess maybe it's not as crazy as that, but it's dark and, and a little bit depressing because it's not based on a true story. <laughs> as it's based <laughs> yeah. on a true story. Apparently it's not. Nope. <laughs> uh, and I've, wa- I've been watching Black. That wasn't the end of the sentence. Black <laughs> Sales. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been watching Black. I've just, just been watching a black screen. Just, the TV's uh, off, just black. and yep. I just stare at it. Uh, I'm very stoned when I do yep. it, uh, yep. and sometimes the test pattern channel isn't on, so I just watch black. No, black sales was that. Black, no, they don't. The black sales is a uh, the black sales was a star show about pirates. Yes, it's all about yeah. pirates. And it's, I, uh, I, I've watched only show. one episode of it. Stars. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, but uh. <laughs> it's good. But there's it's. It's got the sex kind of. You remember, what was that show that uh, the Amish show porn. that shot here? Mm-hmm. What was um, uh, oh, the uh, the show that you probably worked on, Kent? Uh, actually, I, I was on test Banshee. Test camera test Banshee is one of my favorite. And then shows I, 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 I then you would I love that's this. That's an Amish show. Yeah, Banshee. Well, no, it seems it's like based in Amish. Amish. <laughs> yeah. If there's gonna be sex, Amish, Amish, Amish. If there's gonna be sex, an Amish person's involved at some point. It was amazing. There is. There is. Yes. And the, the awesome buggies, buttons. But no power. The buggies are great. Uh, but pirate, uh, pirates, black, black sales is like that, where it's got the, like token two sex scenes per episode. Mm. It's like back yeah. in the 80s where you watch the Incredible Hulk and you know he's going to turn into the Hulk at the beginning of the show and right towards the end of the show. Yep. There's going to be a sex scene somewhere in the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes. And it's going to be yeah. raw. You have to have things you can count on in this world, Patrick. Yes. But I just want to watch pirates. <laughs> Piratey sex scenes is one of them things. No, I want to watch pirates pirating and, and you know, getting Oh, booty. they're pirating. <laughs> and they're getting the booty. Yeah. Got the booty for real. <laughs> and that's called Pirate's Booty. Yeah. Pirate's Booty. Yar. American Booty. Well, Ooh, I hope there's a porn movie called that. I'm sure there is. Oh Based gosh, on American Beauty. I all the ideas I mean, I'm going to bring to life and putting that on there. Yes. American Beauty. Well, this has been a blast talking with everyone here and having VT uh, on today. It's been yes, uh, thanks, amazing. VT. Yes, VT. Having, yes, well, thanks for having me. I'm uh, a rookie of your podcast. So, and uh, White Claw. So, I'll uh, give you all a recap on that. I hope you all invite me back, though, when you do your... Um, Podcast where you focus on films that play the uh, yeah, song Wagon Wheel. We will definitely. That's <laughs> when we're gonna definitely bring it back. We're gonna have. It I still don't know this that. song. And, and, and the, we're gonna spend a whole the ZZ month. The ZZ Tops. 
movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it is. Top and Wagon Wheel. Perfect. I can't wait. Interestingly <laughs> enough, that song came from a movie. Yeah. You guys Wagon are great, wheel? and I totally know why you're number 34 in Japan. That's <laughs> And we thank all of our listeners in Japan. And uh, Thanks for um, making us number 34. All, all 12 We'd like to say there. Domo Arigato to all of our <laughs> Japanese listeners. <laughs> yes. Indeed. And we, <laughs> a doubt. Facebook, I don't even know how to Instagram, respond to that. So. <laughs> That's all I know, and it's because of a stick song, you haters. Follow us on whatever it is you love in Japan, Facebook Japan. Yes. That's right. <laughs> White Claws, working its magic. That's it. It sure is. All the lights went out on her end, too. I know. It's all so dark. I got to be honest, the White Claw, I opened it, and I think it drank itself. Like, I have two sips. It must have been old. It wasn't good. I'm probably going to die. Yeah. I think I'll carburetor with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had Excellent. fun, and we hope you've had fun listening. And make sure you rate, review, subscribe on all the different platforms, and maybe you know even try it on, maybe on a couple of platforms just to make sure you have it on somewhere. On one yeah, of your download them. iPads and such. Download them. So anyway, an uh, we want to thank you again, and uh, make sure you're listening for the next podcast. And, and wash your hands. Being a wallflower. Perks of being wear a wallflower. Mask. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Stop Asian hate. Uh, yes. Yeah, for sure. Something else. Stop all the check hate. In. Check in with something your doctor. With, yeah, check in right. with your doctor. Check in with your doctor. <laughs> call don't call your pool. mom. Don't bring the Tell pool Tell your doctor noodle. about adult beverage film podcasts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and your mom. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. definitely get your mom. And if your doctor's yeah. Japanese, they might have heard of it already. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Or if you're from India, too, because India's... We're getting, we're sliding up the charts over there too for some reason. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're thinking about. But you anyway, yeah, they, just theory, keep listening. We? That's why we keep saying, <laughs> please right. and thank you. And thank rate, you review, and like subscribe. having a drink and talking films. Yup. The Adult Beverage Film Podcast is your go-to podcast. Hey, Join the conversation and listen to film industry producers, actors, directors, writers share all of their experiences in the film industry. Expand your mind into films you've already seen. Plus, find new films to watch in the future. Visit adultbeverage.net or go to your favorite podcast platform and listen to Adult Beverage Film Podcast episodes today. Thank you.